With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ow. Um, Hi, Wrestling Classic. What up? Ow. Do you see me and uh, Sonya Deville? I'm wearing my Wrestling Classic hoodie. If you can see that, shout out Wrestling Classic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the Wrestling Classic. Justin, are back for the TWC show live on Ruckus Avenue Radio every Monday at 2 p.m. Guys, check out Ruckus Avenue Radio social media. I've been handling it. If you're into all South Asian news and all that type of stuff, please check it out. But if you haven't already, downloaded the free Dash Radio app and you can listen to Ruckus Avenue Radio. So many great shows. So much great content on there on a weekly basis. We're here to review the Royal Rumble. Well, by myself, hence why I'm talking so much, to recap the Royal Rumble. Um, what a spectacular event. Uh, way better than last year. There's so much to talk about. Um, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. I've already watched Raw, so we'll touch on that as well. The story with the Bloodline has just been spectacular. Um, there's just so much to talk about. I'm so excited to do this show really quickly. I don't think it will be a long one, but... It will be an insightful one. Um, if you listen to my prediction show that I did with Nick, you know that uh, basically my predictions were right. Cody won, Rhea won, uh, Roman retained as predicted, uh, Bray Wyatt won, um, and we'll talk about that match as well. Bianca Belair did retain her championship, and there was one more match, and I can't think about it right now. It's on the tip of my tongue, unless that was... No, that was it. There was only five matches. Um, awesome event sold out i think they did really great in terms of numbers in terms of uh, i think they had like two million viewers overall across platforms uh the bloodline scene had like seven million people that watched it through like all different sorts of things but um we'll definitely talk about the royal rumble first and then we'll talk about the fallout of the royal rumble but before we get to that guys if you haven't already check out my latest article i wrote for 137 p.m that's a website where if you search my name justin dillon or the wrestling classic you can find all my previous articles i've written so many lists throughout the last two three years um it's been an honor and a pleasure to write for 137 p.m it's a it's a brand owned by vayner media and gary v who i once interviewed for casual conversations which you can check out as well i know i haven't been doing a ton of casual conversations but we'll get to that in a second but yeah, get uh, read my latest article. I think it was the greatest WWE pay-per-views. I ranked my favorite top 26 pay-per-views from, produced by the WWE throughout the years. I made sure to uh, had it, have it start from once they were still pay-per-views and not when they were premium live events like they are now. Uh, definitely check that out. Uh, you'd be uh, not shocked with the ones that are near the top 10, but there are some like hidden gems and like, 20 to 26 and like 15 to 26 maybe like some pay-per-views you might be like oh yeah like i forgot about that or that was really good or you might have like nostalgia towards it so definitely check that out and um yeah you know if you haven't guys please subscribe to the twc show subscribe to this podcast share it with your friends leave a five-star rating on apple podcast uh like it on spotify if you listen on geo geo or amazon music wherever else show love however you can 
Um, we want to grow this podcast. We want to do more and we want to keep it going. I know there's been a couple of weeks where I hadn't done it. And I think I was kind of losing a little bit of passion for the podcast and even interviewing, to be honest. Like, I haven't really done any interviews this year. Like, even the interview that I released with Cobra Cry of WrestleCore, I actually did that at the end of December around Christmas time. And if you watch the video on YouTube, you can tell there's a Christmas tree behind him. Um, I've been trying to line up a few interviews for this year, you know, trying to get like CJ Perry and me have been chatting back and forth about her coming on this show for months now and just we can't schedule a proper date. And I haven't really reached out to AEW for more interviews yet and I haven't really reached out to anyone at WWE in a bit. But I just, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I'm feeling about everything right now, but I, I do want to continue doing interviews when I get the opportunity and I do want to keep giving you guys content. I've just been going through a weird phase of... um figuring out what I want to do. I even made a post, uh, a lot of you might have saw it with the great Muda where he was spitting out the green heart where I talked about, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this wrestling classic stuff for. And I, and I genuinely meant that. I wasn't looking for sympathy or for all the kind comments. I appreciate all the kind comments and everyone that was um, talking about how much I appreciate the page or what it means to them or about me and my passion and how much they appreciate the person behind the page. I appreciate all the kind words, but... Um, I've just generally been in a space where merchandise, I've done it, a website where I wrote my own vlogs, I've done it, um, interviews, I've done it, the podcast, I'm doing it right now and I've done it, um, attending live shows, interviews in person, uh, you know, creating content for TikTok and Instagram, doing videos, I feel like I've done a lot of everything but nothing has really, like, I've done a lot of them consistently, too. I think I did the interviews consistently for two years. This podcast consistently for, like, three, four years now. Um, The page, obviously, I don't I don't miss a day of posting. Like, even if I don't post on the main feed, you'll get story posts. I've never missed a day of posting in eight years. Like, every day I give you guys content on Instagram. Um, You know, I did the Twitter thing for a while. I tried to tweet between shows. I mean, I, tr- I tweeted Darren Raw tonight, which is not, you know, a normal thing. It should be a normal thing, but I did. Um, the discords always pop in. We had a we had a time where we spent doing clubhouse rooms. I feel like I've always adapted and done different things. I've created my own merch. I've created merch like Hulk Who shirts and stuff. I just I've done a lot, and I'm not gonna ever say that none of it didn't pay off or the journey hasn't been a blast. But I've just come to a crossroads of like w- like where do I go with this and what's next or what do I do now? Um, I've had some opportunities and some close calls for some really cool opportunities that didn't pan out and I'm just kind of in this space now where I don't know I'm getting a little bit older and I just I want to do more and I don't know if those opportunities that I want are available to me and it's kind of diminishing my um my drive and my passion to do this show every week to continue to post every every week and um, you know, it's hard to tell all the time with my posts because most of them would be me just letting you guys know what's going on or me just, you know, playing up my role. Like, you know, I'm very happy that Carmella is back. So obviously on my page, it seems, you know, I, I over-exaggerate my love for Carmella on the page. It's been my gimmick for about two, three years. And I'm I'm very genuinely happy that she's back. But at the same time, like when I seem hyped or excited, like, you know, I'm still a fan. So I do get hyped and excited when Carmella is back. I do get hyped and excited when the Bloodline storyline is so good. I do get hyped and excited when um, Cody Rhodes won the Rumble. But there's still a part of me that's like, that's a fan side of me that you guys see on the social media a lot of the times, but the professional side of me and the person that wants to do more, that side's a little hurting right now. And um, that's what that was all about. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just keep going as it is and see what happens. And this is just like a weird bump in the road. Or maybe we're getting close to the end of the wrestling classic era or chapter of my life. I don't know. I always feel like it's so hard to let it go because I've always been so close to something or like something's about to happen or, you know, I, I talk to people in the industry and they're like, no, you're so close to so just keep doing what you're doing or like, I got you. Let me talk to this person. Let me help you out that way. And it just seems like, oh, like I'm like a fingertip away from doing stuff I want to do, but then it doesn't happen. And then it's, it's demoralizing I don't know what the word I want to use is I know throughout the years I've had many conversations with people who have worked in the industry or 
and been a part of the business that say, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's. You got to be persistent. You got to be a little bit annoying. You're going to get no after no after no until eventually maybe they break down a bit and they go, yeah, we'll give you a shot. We'll give you an interview. And I feel like I've done that too, to be honest. Um, I just don't know. Uh, I've loved professional wrestling my entire life. I do think it's the greatest form of art and athleticism as a combination. And I just, I mean, I do have other interests. There's, you know, if you follow my page closely and if you're one of the people that watches my stories, you know, I love movies. I love stories. I love music. I love entertainment. Um, I love all different um, facets of entertainment, different channels of entertainment. It's not just wrestling. Um, but obviously wrestling's like number one. I think you could say wrestling's like number one and two along with music and you can flip-flop those are the two of the things i'm probably the most connected to and loved my entire life and uh i don't think i'd ever not like it or not be a fan or not tune in but i don't know it's just it's a weird time it's a weird time and i just want to touch base on that i don't know what's going on we'll see what's going on maybe i just gotta take some major risks and make some major changes this year and better myself again but it's hard to do sometimes when you know responsibilities start stacking and life gets more expensive and we're going through um excuse me i'm so just still so disrespectful eating on the air and we're going through um what's a word i'm looking for that we hear oh inflation and recessions and all it's just it's getting tough man and um if i was gonna vent or uh say what I want to say this would probably be the place to say it it's been fun though man like I've got to connect with people I never thought I'd get to connect with I've got to network and become cool with people I never thought I'd become cool with uh and I was just like, literally like 20 minutes ago just uh, talking to Dakota Kai about her injury and seeing you know she let me know how serious it was and we're just like talking like we're friends and that's how that's as much as I'm gonna get into it I'm not gonna share any more details about the conversation but like that's so cool to me you know, like, you know, Carmela came back and I was talking about how, uh, you know, I messaged her before the rumble and asked her, you know, just between you and I, like, are you coming back? She said something to me that was kind of like cryptic, but like she let me in a little bit, but not fully. And now when she came back and I raw, it all made sense to me. And I'm like, oh, you know, like that's, you know, but like she actually responded and like she cared enough to let me know kind of what was going on or like my relationship with Seamus that I always you know it was his birthday a couple of days ago happy birthday to Seamus and like knowing like how he looked out for me years ago when I was one of the first people that saw something this page along with Jinder Mahal and tried to give me opportunities back in like 2017 and 18 which is like wild to fucking think about or I messaged Drake Maverick, James Curtin, and said happy birthday. Today. And he said, thanks, Justin, that these people know me for my name. I remember before, there was a point when nobody really knew my name or what I looked like or who I was. They just knew the wrestling classic. But now they're like, oh, thanks, Justin. So it's like, I don't know. Like, it's been weird. It's been fun. And, like, I there's, like, some things I still pop for. And, like, no matter how much I'm not, like, I don't mark out for anybody. I'm not, like, a super fan or anything like that. Like, it's still cool to me as a fan like that i've been able to build these kinds of relationships so i don't know we'll see what happens maybe i just need to change a scenery and a change of pace and to go out in the world i watched up yesterday for the first time i know that's crazy to a lot of people because i've used like that married life song for a lot of videos and content that i've created because i've always loved that tune and that beat and i always kind of knew the synopsis of up but i've never like watched the entire movie um, I don't even think I've watched the movie at all. Uh, I think I might have tried to start it, but didn't finish it because, or someone was on my Disney Plus. I don't know, but and it was about letting go and all that stuff. But it's also just about like adventure. And I think the problem with me personally is I'm always uh, I say I always say like since I was a kid. If you ask anyone that was close to me as I was a kid, whether it was my aunts and my brothers, sister, my siblings, my cousins, my close friends growing up. Uh, the three things I used to say always the most was um, I'm hungry, I'm tired, and I'm bored. Well, I'm still always tired, even when I'm not. You know, I'm just tired. I'm tired, I'm tired, leave me alone. And I'm always hungry. <laughs> Sometimes I get bored, I get hungry. Um, and then when I get hungry, uh, if I don't eat, I get tired. But the third one is uh, I'm bored. That That is the third thing I used to always say is I'm bored. And we, you know, and everyone's like, oh, Justin's always tired, I'm hungry, I'm bored. And I think 
what that made me learn about myself is that I just can't be bored. Like I like I like the idea of being bored or like living just a boring simple life because in my brain and my imagination I've always had these big ideas and big dreams and big I big ideas of what my life was going to be like and um not that it's exactly like how I imagined because I don't think anything can be exactly how you imagined um even like the coolest things that happen to you when they happen it's never exactly how you imagine when you're a kid or growing up because like there's a there's a level of reality to everything but you know I, I got to do a lot of things that I imagined or manifested indirectly um it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That I never thought would happen. And it's like. Or like to be known the way I always imagined myself to be known. Like people would know who I am. They would know me. Like I would leave an impact to certain people. I'm not saying I want to leave an impact on the entire world. Like I'm not the rock, but like there's certain people that have followed my page and the, you know, 10, 15 years from now, they might be like, oh, the wrestling classic. I remember that page. And to know that, um, you know, Zelina Vega was live the other day and uh, she was talking about her husband, Malachi Black, uh, Tommy End. And, uh, I commented something about him about how he's so passionate because someone was bought him up in the live stream and she's like, oh, Tommy, he loves you. And I'm like, that's so crazy. And I know like it's like a sincere phrase to be like, well, that person loves you. Like they, they, they think you're dope. Like they think you're cool. You know, like he's a, he's a fan of your stuff. And I and, you know, and for her to say that on that live made me think, like, oh, shit, like that's a wrestler that I grew up watching and that I enjoyed. And they're a fan of my page to the extent where his wife, who's also a wrestler, is like, oh, yeah, he loves you. It's fucking weird, you know? So it just, I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass. I just, I'm in a place of uh, contemplation of what to do next. And and all these little things that keep happening as I'm contemplating and these conversations I'm having with people in the business and just the way that I feel like no matter how much I get rejected from certain things, the acceptance I also have from certain people in the business. I guess the better way is that it doesn't matter how much I get rejected from certain people in the business, the acceptance I have from certain people in the business balances it out. And I don't think I regret anything. And I don't think... I don't know. I just don't know what I want to do next. Let's get to the Royal Rumble. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble before we uh, keep dragging on about this because I, I feel like I can go on a little bit longer, but you guys don't want to hear about me contemplating my future and the Wrestling Classic and the TWC show. But once again, guys, I'd appreciate it if you guys would subscribe, like, drop five stars, write a review. It takes a couple of minutes. Um, share it with your friends. Share it in your guys' Discord groups. Tell people to subscribe download um you know the more you guys do stuff like that the more opportunities we have moving forward um let's talk about the royal rumble it was on saturday today is monday evening as i'm recording this uh it was a stacked stacked show surprisingly enough you know the the debate a lot of us were having was what's gonna go on last what's gonna go on first you know, there's that old uh, that old story that Roman Reigns said he either goes on first or last. He's never going to be on the middle of the card. So you had to wonder if Roman was going to kick off the show with Kevin Owens or if he was going to end it. Soon enough, we found out that the Men's Royal Rumble would be starting the night and that Roman and Kevin Owens would end the night. Considering how things played out, that was the right call because the way they went off the air was brilliant, fantastic, cinematic. Just like it was it was like perfect painted picture like bravo but we'll get to that um first things first the 30-man royal rumble it was technically the 29-man royal rumble ray mysterio never made his entrance at number 17 and we soon found out after the fact that uh dominic had taken him out or the judgment day has taken him out because dominic came out with a ray mysterio mask on 
the following day we learned that uh Rey Mysterio was actually injured on, on the match he had on SmackDown with Kerry and Cross, Killer Cross. So uh, that's why he wasn't able to compete. But at the time, they uh, explained it by Dominic coming out with the Rey mask on. And technically, there were 29 men in the Royal Rumble. Um, there were surprises. I know people were hoping for Jay White. I even said John Cena. A lot of people wanted The Rock. A lot of people changed their... Um, Direction they want the WWE to go in and said they wanted Sami Zayn to win this Royal Rumble. Uh, people thought that uh, Stone Cold might make an appearance, right? I think I even said that to be honest that Stone Cold can make an appearance, you know, but set something up for WrestleMania. Um, none of that happened. Absolutely, The Rock did not show up, Sami Zayn did not show up. Those are two things I think would really disappoint or that really did disappoint people was that there was no Rock and no Sami Zayn, but there was no lack of surprises. Um, I did say Brock Lesnar would be in it. Um, he confirmed that on Friday on SmackDown, um, but when he returned on Monday, I was almost definite that Brock Lesnar was going to be in it. We had some really cool moments, such as Brock Lesnar in his stare down with uh, Gunther. That was super dope, um, you know. But obviously, they did exactly what they did. Brock came in there; he was super dominant. Uh, we had the Banger Bros, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, like waiting for it to come in there. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Let's talk about them for a second. They had a great showing in the Men's Royal Rumble. They uh, were dominating that ring. They came in early. Uh, they they were killing it up, up until they got eliminated later on in the match. But, um, man, time stood still when we had that Gunther-Brock Lesnar stare down. And speaking about Gunther, he came in at number one. I want people to keep that in mind. Gunther entered the Royal Rumble at number one, followed by Sheamus at number two. And then I think Drew McIntyre came in at number nine. But, yeah, uh, Sheamus had three eliminations. Drew McIntyre had four eliminations so that means you know in total they had uh seven eliminations um just between them two gunther eliminated five people by himself and gunther was in the match for an hour and 11 minutes and 40 seconds which is the longest time a male's been in a royal rumble match so he set a new record and gunther was in the final two with cody Rhodes, which is completely completely insane speaking of surprises though we did have booker t enter the royal rumble which was cool um booker t is currently an nxt commentator so he is technically signed with the company, so it wasn't like some big, big return. But um, it was cool to have the Hall of Famer, the five-time, five-time, five-time WCW World Champion in the Royal Rumble. And another big thing that happened in this Royal Rumble was Edge returned. We haven't seen Edge in quite a while since he got beat down by the Judgment Day. And he came in and he annihilated the Judgment Day. He gave spirits to them all, eliminated Finn Balor, eliminated Damian Priest. This led to them fighting up the aisleway, which was a really long aisleway in the Aladome. Um... And then Rhea Ripley came out to take out Edge. But then Beth Phoenix showed up. There was a cool little spot in the match. Um, like I said earlier, Brock Lesnar came and caused havoc when he got eliminated by Bobby Lashley. And then another big surprise was Logan Paul coming, uh, entering the Royal Rumble at number 29. A little unexpected. I think some fans, when we were getting near 30, we knew that Cody was going to be 30, so 29 was like the last unexpected spot. And for it to be Logan Paul, some people were happy about it. Some people weren't so happy about it. Uh, he had a really cool spot with Ricochet, which I think you've probably seen all over the internet, where they both did a springboard and clashed into each other in the in the air and crashed to the ground. Um, Logan Paul eliminated uh, Seth Rollins. So maybe my whole theory about Logan Paul versus John Cena at WrestleMania isn't going to happen, but Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins might be on the table. Uh, looking forward to see how that plays out. But I, I know a lot of people were up and down about this match. Some people really liked it, and uh, some people thought it wasn't that great. They were looking for more surprises. There's no Sami Zayn. Uh, to touch on Sami Zayn and Solo and the Usos, I don't know why they would be in the Royal Rumble, because if Roman's holding both the titles, why would he want any members of the Bloodline in the Rumble? There was really no one that he wanted them to make sure didn't win or anything. It just wouldn't have made sense. Um, like, why would Sami be in the Rumble if Sammy won, his only person you challenge would be Roman. You know what I mean? Uh, I get, like, sometimes with wrestling, you can throw logic out of the door. But there's also a logical reason why they wouldn't be in it. A logical excuse. So, um, I think it was okay that Solo and Sammy or any of the Usos weren't in the Rumble, to be honest. And I know that bothered quite a few people, but it is what it is. Uh, the Rock not being in there, I think the Rock being in there would have overshadowed Cody winning. I think the biggest thing that people didn't realize is that we knew Cody was coming back. We knew Cody was probably going to win. We knew that was probably the plan. Having anybody else in there that could overshadow or make most of the fans go against Cody 
wouldn't have been beneficial for Cody in the route they want to go for WrestleMania. They'd be stepping on their own foot. If The Rock was in this Rumble, there would have been a portion of the fans that wanted The Rock to win. If Samuel was in this Rumble, there would have been a portion of the fans that wanted Sam to win. Without neither of those guys in there, people were, Cody remained a very strong favorite. And um, I think that's something that people need to keep in mind. Uh, you know, and don't be wrong, it wasn't like people didn't get behind Seth or they didn't get behind Gunther. Like, I think there might have been some people that were like, oh, Gunther killed it. Like, he could be the one. But for the most part, Cody Rhodes was the favorite. Um, was it predictable? Yes. But um, even if it was predictable, the fans got what they wanted to an extent. Um, and the idea of Cody Rhodes versus uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I saw the promo channel Raw. Cody brought up the beginning of his theme song where it says there's more than one royal family. We know about the bloodline and the family. Cody's coming from his own legacy with the, the Rhodes family. He wants a title. The writing's on the wall. The match has already been booked. And I think um, I'm ready for it. That one promo on Raw already got me excited. Uh, you know, when Cody came out on Raw time, like, oh, Raw already feels like a bigger deal. It feels fresh. It feels like they have a top star here. They have a top baby face kicking off this show. No disrespect to Kevin Owens. No disrespect to everyone else. But Cody's fresh. Cody's someone that Roman hasn't touched. Um, you know, with Owens, there's always that thing like Owens already tried doing this and he didn't overcome Roman. Um, but that's no disrespect to Owens because the role that Owens played in the whole Bloodline storyline was perfect. We'll get to that. But uh, I'm happy for Cody and I'm looking forward to the match. I'm actually excited. And it's going to be interesting to see what Roman has to say about Cody going forward, even though he has so much more on his plate right now with Sami Zayn, with Kevin Owens, with Jey Uso, and the rest of the bloodline. Um, Roman's got a lot going on. But I, I enjoyed this one. But for a lot of people that thought there wasn't a lot, like, I mean... You got to appreciate the the booking of this Rumble. Like I said, like the edge spot, the Brock Lesnar stuff with Bobby Lashley and coming in the dominating. Um, how well Sheamus and Drew McIntyre were booked in this uh, Rumble. Um, you know, uh, Cody coming in at number 30. kind of wish he came in earlier because it's hard to say I overcame 29 other people when you come in at number 30. I always find that so funny. Like, you come in, I overcame 29 people. Like, but you were like given the 30 spot or you got lucky with the 30 spot. Kind of takes away from it. And it's crazy because he could have came in at like 22 and it feels less like a cop out than coming out at 30 and doing it. But um, allegedly, not allegedly, reportingly, the number 30 is now the most winning number over 27. Um, now that Cody won from that spot at this year's Rumble. So um, that kind of sucks that 27 was the most winning number for a lot of years, but now it's number 30. Uh, Cody's on that list, John Cena, Triple H, uh, I think The Undertaker, and someone else also came in at number 30 and won, and I don't remember who at this particular moment. Um, but yeah, no, they did a really good job booking this Rumble, I think, man. Uh, they had a lot of little moments, even like the Gunther and brock lesnar stare down logan throwing out seth the spot with seth and ricochet um edge coming out the beth phoenix booker t like you know ray not coming out that also adds a layer to the story of dominic and ray like they did a really good job with this rumble um following that was a lights out match it's like something we've never seen before it was like a glow in the dark match it was like the fuel the glow match um production wise it looked cool uh, they everyone was and it wasn't even just Bray and and La Knight. Everyone thought the night was wearing neon style attire, especially in the women's battle uh, Royal Rumble as well. But um, it was good for what it was. It was short. It was like five minutes a match. You know, you know, you could always blame the fact that uh, La Knight didn't know what he was getting himself into and underestimated what the match was, and it was in the favor. Like, the match type was, it favored Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray quickly picked up the victory uh, using, you know, fear and the unpredictability of the match to win. And it seemed like it ended pretty quick. It was a cool visual thing for people watching on TV. I don't know if it was really cool visually for people live in the crowd. I, I should talk to some people to see how that was for them. But, um... I don't know, like, what they do moving forward it doesn't really hurt LA Knight because, once again, like, this match favored Bray and was kind of like you're in Bray's playground. So, you know, to overcome it, it would have been kind of crazy. And this was Bray's first big match since returning. Like, this was his first singles match. So I didn't um, expect Bray to lose it. And 
what was even crazier was I thought he was going to be the fiend at one second when he turned in the corner and put on a different mask, but it was just a different mask. I don't know if it was the fiend or not. I, I, I couldn't really tell, but uh, he ended up fighting LA Knight to the side of the uh, entranceway area where um, Uncle Howdy then dove on top to LA Knight into a pit of fire. Uh, like I like to say on Twitter, I said, you know, they fell into a burning ring of fire. Shout out to Johnny Cash, but... Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, um, they didn't fall like into the fire, but there was a ring of fire around where they fell. And then the Firefly Funhouse characters showed up and Bray stood. It was really weird and intriguing, and I didn't really know what was going on, but I enjoyed it. And that's exactly what I said on social media. Cause, and people are like, oh, don't lie. You didn't enjoy it. No, I enjoyed it. It was weird. I don't know what the fuck it was. You know, we've seen worse, right? Like, we've seen the Red Hell in the Cell match that you had with Seth Rollins, which was horrendous. But, like, this was, like... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It wasn't bad. It was just something different, you know? It was, it was more of a segment than a match. This was like, you know, when Mick Foley and Undertaker had that segment at Survivor Series 96 or something. Like, it's not... It was. I, don't, I wouldn't sit there and be like, this is a match. Kind of like the first Firefly Funhouse match with Cena and Bray. But yeah, that was that. And then we had Alexa and Bianca. And this was another like standard match that I, I remember someone asked me. And I'm like, you know, it was your standard match that you might like see on a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. It was solid. It was good. It's a, It was like a Raw match with no commercial breaks. And, you know, once Bianca hit that KOD, like it was done. And there wasn't really any shenanigans from Alexa's part in terms of like, you know, Uncle Howdy calling her back in or Alexa's playground side of her coming back out or Lily or anything. That happened after the match. There was no follow-up for it on Raw. Um, so I don't know what, what happens next. There actually wasn't even Bianca on Raw this week. They announced that she was going to have a segment, but then I believe it got cut. Um, but it was like it was a solid match between Alexa and um, Bianca, but I, I, it kind of got put in that role of like the filler popcorn match to let people get up um, and... Uh, you know, then after the match, Alexa, the lights went out and Uncle Howdy started calling for Alexa Bliss again and they showed the playground and Alexa during her, um, you know, evil Alexa Bliss era uh, and she was kind of scared watching the video. So I don't know what's going to happen next, but um, let's get to the Women's Royal Rumble. This Royal Rumble, like, I don't know what it was about it, but it was just kind of a little bit better than the men's. Uh, not in terms of, like, having crazy spots and moments like the men's had. Like, it didn't have, like, an Edge moment and a Brock Lesnar moment and that and that. But it was just kind of, like, it was fun. There wasn't many legends in it. I think Michelle McCool was the only special entrant, to be honest. And the way they did that was cool. They used all the talent they had on their roster. It moved quick. It felt like it was moving quick. Uh, there was returns, like Natalia returned and Chelsea Green returned to the company and... Nia Jax made a return at number 30. Um, Indy Hartwell and Zoe Stark and Roxanne came from NXT, which was cool. Like I mentioned on the predictions, I, I was sure there was going to be NXT women on there. I thought Cora Jade would have made a, an appearance because she's really popular, but they had Zoe Stark come instead. But I'm not a Zoe Stark fan, but maybe she's popular. I don't fucking know. Um, and it was it like, you know, start off hot. It started off with Rhea Ripley. And she was like the favorite to win. So like when she came out at number one, I kind of was like, ah, no, is Rhea not going to win? And then Liv Morgan came out at number two, which we know that she wanted to come out early, as she's mentioned in previous weeks on SmackDown and stuff. But uh, to start with two of the favorites was kind of interesting. Um, but I don't know if that's happened in the Women's Royal Rumble yet. I'd have to go back and check. I know what's happened. I mean, I know, like, two favorites have come out at the beginning of the Women's Royal Rumble, like, whether it's Sasha or Becky, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, to actually win the whole thing, like, I, those were, like, the two main favorites, if you ask me, was Rhea and Liv. I, maybe some people thought Asuka was going to win or something, but I, I don't know. You know, Becky's always a favorite, but I just immediately was like, I thought Rhea and Liv were going to be the two favorites to win this. And uh, they started things off, and they ended up being the final two, which was cool. 
uh, cool little scenario there. Uh, and um, the way it played out at the end, I almost like started rooting for Liv at the end because in my mind I was like, oh, like Rhea can win the chamber and still face whoever champion she wants. Like it'd be so cool if Liv won this. And uh, it was just a, <coughs> it was a really cool finish. And uh, Asuka coming back with her old Kana look and the scary psycho clown Asuka with the new face paint and the new look. Um, she blew mist in Liv's face, which was the ultimate. At that point, it was Liv's, Liv's chances really became some once the mist got blown in her face. But uh, Rhea won, and I think Rhea's the right winner, the right choice. And we saw on Raw that Rhea challenges Charlotte for WrestleMania, which initially that's not what I wanted. I was more leaning towards Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair because I thought it would be cool for two women from their generation of NXT to face off against each other at WrestleMania because thus far we've seen you know, Rhea face off against Charlotte and Asuka and we've seen Bianca face off against Sasha and Becky that it would be cool for them to face each other and have that spotlight for their generation of NXT women but Rhea challenges Charlotte and I'm not so mad about that because... I feel like Rhea never got her due when it came to the Charlotte feud in 2020. Like, she lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. And then she didn't necessarily win the triple threat when Charlotte lost the title, the NXT Championship in 2020. Io won the match, and Io was involved. But it wasn't like Rhea never got her just due against Charlotte Flair. And I think this WrestleMania will give her the opportunity to do so. So I'm not fully against it, but I don't know. I was really leaning towards... Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. I thought they had something there, and these two girls could have tore down the house and potentially stolen the show. Um, that being said, uh, uh, you know, I asked in the Discord, I asked on Twitter, I asked in Clubhouse, I asked on Instagram, and it seems like for most people, they are doing an elimination chamber match for the number one contendership to face Bianca. So far, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Raquel. And um, let me see who else it is. The final four that were in the Rumble, Nikki Cross. So Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Oscar, and Liv Morgan are already qualified for the Chamber because they were the final four runner-up to the Royal Rumble. And there's two extra spaces. Uh, next week on Raw, there's a qualifying match between Candice LeRae, Meechan, Carmella, and Piper Nevin. Carmella's back. I'm happy about that. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Couldn't be happier. My girl's back. But um, and the winner of this match will be allowed to be put in the, in the Elimination Chamber match. And then maybe there'll be another qualifying match on SmackDown next week or this week. I don't know. But um, And Chelsea Green was back. She kind of went up to Adam Pierce and asked who the manager was and might sneak away into this match. But the favorite, I think, right now is everyone's kind of leaning towards Oscar versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. With Asuka and this new character, it really is something for Bianca Belair to overcome. I brought up the fact that Bianca really needs something to overcome in the in, in talking to a few of my friends earlier today and they kinda laugh like, what was the stuff with Bailey? She had to overcome three people. But the way they book damage control sometimes it wouldn't seem like she's facing off against three people. Cause, you know, we saw it tonight on Raw again too, how uh, Becky Lynch already beat up Io Shirai backstage and then brought out uh, Dakota Kai to the stage like she was going to smash her ankle the EO uh, Sky and Kai tend to get their ass kicked really quickly all the time and we've even seen Becky beat up all three of them at once we've seen uh, Bianca Belair beat up all three of them at once and it's just I was happy last week because uh, damage control was getting booked really strong from the cage match and even in the rumble like let's talk about the rumble again for a second like damage control Damage control really looked strong in the Royal Rumble, which was uh, another thing I was really happy about because um, they looked strong at Raw and they looked strong in the Rumble. They worked as a unit. They had a handful of eliminations. Uh, Dakota eliminated, uh, I think, Emma by herself. Io eliminated someone by herself. Then the three of them eliminated like five people together. Uh, they had like seven eliminations overall out of 30 people. And, you know, and it wasn't until Becky Lynch came in that everyone slowly started getting taken out, obviously. Um, first, they took out Becky, and then Becky got back in the match, took out Dakota, took out EO, and then Bailey took out Becky, and then I think it was Liv Morgan that eliminated Bailey. But um, I love the booking of Damage Control in the match. I love the con continuation between the Becky and Bailey feud, and I love that Damage Control didn't look weak. But then back tonight on Raw, they had Becky just beat up all the Damage Control low key, even though earlier in the night, EO Sky picked up a victory. But. Um, I just hope they continue booking damage control strong. 
there was uh, once again, like I said, the Michelle McCool entrance was cool. She came out of the crowd. They showed her earlier sitting with her daughter and I think her daughter's friend or maybe her daughter's. I don't know. And she hopped in the ring from the crowd in her Uggs. I thought that was super dope. Um, and then Nia Jax came out and it took like everybody to eliminate Nia Jax together. I think there's like, let me read the names of people that eliminated Nia Jax. Oscar, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Michelle McCool, Nikki Cross, Piper Nevin, Rokawa Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley, Shotzi, and Sonya Deville. It took them all to eliminate Nia Jax, which is kind of funny. Um, and yeah, so uh, Chelsea Green's back. Uh, she showed up on Raw tonight, like I mentioned earlier. Probably going to sneak away in the Elimination Chamber match or something. But uh, she talked to Adam Pierce. Natalia's back. It's great to see Natty back. Uh, back in the mix doing the thing and uh yeah like i said the final three came down to oscar ria and Liv, and the way they played it out was really cool where you know it seemed a little difficult to get uh oscar and there's a point where ria and oscar are both on the apron i thought Liv was gonna like double kick them out or something we're gonna like a underdog shocking victory from Liv morgan but uh Liv ended up on the apron as well at somehow and then missed it in the face oscar gets knocked down and then uh, Rhea's able to take Liv out of the Rumble with this like, head scissor takeover that I don't think we've ever seen anyone eliminated from the Royal Rumble with before. So it was different. It was unique. It was a different ending. And it was overall a really good Rumble match. If you didn't check it out, definitely go check it out. Uh, shout out to Zelina Vega, who dressed up as Jury 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 from... Um, Street Fighter 6, she, uh, I want to give her a big congratulations, Lena Vega, she'll be involved with Street Fighter 6, uh, doing commentary for the video game, in the video game, so if you go get it, look out for, uh, Thea Trinidad, aka Lena Vega's voice, she's part of the game, I know that's a huge honor for her, she always does cool cosplay attires for big events like WrestleMania, and, uh, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble, and etc., she came out as Jury, Jury, I can't even say it, um, from Street Fighter, and it's a dope look, I posted about it today, uh, if you listen to this on Tuesday, I posted about it yesterday, so go check it out, and, um, another thing I didn't mention with the Rumble that I quickly want to touch on is that Pat McAfee returned at the very beginning to do, a commentary, uh, with Michael Cole and Corey Graves, and uh, I read afterwards that actually Michael Cole and Corey Graves did not know that he was going to come out there and join them, so like the excitement that Michael Cole had was genuine, and Corey Graves sliding right back to his role of pretending not to like Pat McAfee was done masterfully, um, and I just really enjoyed the trio. Like I enjoyed the three of them on commentary. I think they bounce off each other well, Graves being the heel, hater, kind of, you know, not agreeing with uh, Pat McAfee and Cole. Cole being like the straight man in the middle. And then, you know, Pat McAfee being like the more fun, saying random stuff, just entertaining commentator. And I know not going to be the greatest comparison, but it really gave me Heenan, Sabisco, Tony Schiavone vibes, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Or like the trio where like all three of them have different personalities and it just works and I really enjoyed them and I wish they were the commentary team for Raw and SmackDown for both shows but uh because I, I do like Kevin Patrick as a backstage interviewer and stuff but he, it's him and him and Graves don't really work that well because Graves is very um animated where Kevin's not and like there was something that happened tonight where Graves was reacting and Kevin didn't react right away and then he did react eventually, but I was like, man, like Graves needs someone that he can bounce off, of, like a Pat McAfee, like a Michael Cole, like a Byron Saxton, who he has great chemistry with and great banter with. So shout out to Pat McAfee. I'm glad he's back. I sent, a, I put out a tweet. He DM'd me. He said, uh, thank you so much for your support. Once again, these are those little moments, little DMs that I get sometimes reminds me why I do this. And uh, it's super cool that someone like Pat McAfee is like a celebrity beyond wrestling. Is uh, cool with me uh, just for showing my support, and it's great to have him back. And I think hopefully he's on SmackDown. Hopefully he's back for good for a little bit now. Let's get to the main event. It was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the WWE Undisputed Championship. Um, you know, Sami Zayn came out with Roman Reigns. It was just Sami Zayn and the wise man, uh, Paul Heyman, that came out with uh, Roman. There was no solo, there was no Usos. Um, Roman said he wanted to keep Sammy close to him. The match was solid. It's what you would expect between these two guys. They both can go. They're both hard-hitting. They're both super talented in the ring. Um, they told a good story. Uh, there was moments where 
Reigns was trying to get Sammy to help him, and Sammy hesitated, but he did. And there was a point where, like, even Sammy was just, you know, yelling at Kevin Owens about staying down. And then Roman came and speared Kevin Owens to the barricade, and Sammy said that was him distracting Kevin. That's what he was trying to do. And then, um, you know, Reigns went into, like, madman mode and, like, dropped Kevin Owens' head on the back of the steel steps and then hit him with another spear and got the three count. There was a ton of near falls. It had the fans at the edge of the seat. Even though we knew Kevin Owens was, like, 99.9% not going to win, that little half percent belief that he could did come out of a lot of people, especially with the idea of, like, oh, maybe Sammy turns and Roman and then Kevin wins the belt or something. Like, that. that's something that could happen. Um, and there was near falls, and I remember I was watching with uh, Rain City Toys, and he's like, this match isn't going to end until we get a ref bump, and there was a ref bump, and, you know, I think, to be honest with you, I was kind of drained after the Royal Rumble that I wasn't paying attention to the match a lot the first time we watched it. I did watch it back a second time, and that's how I know that I enjoyed it more, but uh, the first time I watched it, I was kind of tuned out for the first half of the match until the ref bump, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now, like, let's see what happens, and, uh, it was just funny that Rain City Toys called that. But um, rough bump happened, and soon after, uh, you know, we got to the finish, and Roman won the match. And you would think that was it, but it was not. And we get to the whole situation where um, Roman continues the beatdown on Kevin Owens, and then the Usos come out, and Solo come out, and they're beating down Kevin Owens. And, you know... Uh, you know, because the Usos came out and they were going to put the uh, the the tribal, I don't know what it is, the, the necklace thing. I, I'm so disrespectful, I apologize, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Like the garland necklace thing, they were going to put it around the neck of um, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Roman stopped him. And they continued to beat down Kevin Owens first uh, to the point where, like, you know, Roman was smacking Kevin Owens with a steel chair. And then they had handcuffs and they handcuffed Kevin Owens to the ropes. And then Roman was going to smash Kevin Owens with a chair. And this is all the test Sammy's loyalty to the bloodline. And then, you know, it got too far because you got to remember that Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are real life friends. They've been friends since they started in the wrestling business. They they battled in the Ring of Honor. They wrestled each other at WrestleMania. But they've, like, you know, they've always remained friends through all their ups and downs. They're, like, you know, brothers to an extent, right? And, uh, no, Kevin's feuding, Kevin Owens feuding with Roman Reigns really is what made this whole situation harder for Sammy because now it's like Kevin is feuding with Sammy's new family, the people that he's pledged to and given his loyalty to, and Roman didn't know if he could trust Sammy, and, you know, up to this point, Sammy was doing everything right, and he kept, you know, going against Owens, but they took it too far to the point where maybe Owens, you know, Sammy started thinking about Kevin Owens' family and his kids and, you know, their relationship, and he was like, no, like, it's enough, like, you don't even need to do this, you're, you're above this, Roman, you don't need to do it, and then Roman passed the chair to Sami Zayn, and there was this instant, like, ah, oh, by the crowd, like, is he gonna hit Kevin, is he gonna make him do it, and they, the way they just told this story, where, like, Roman was turned his back, and they teased the idea that, oh, like, Sammy could hit Roman, but then he didn't, and then Roman turned around and talked to Sammy again, it's like, oh, Sammy could hit Roman, but then he didn't, and the Usos are standing there, and Heyman's on the apron, and Solo's there, and, you know, uh, Roman's yelling at Sammy, like, I love you, he doesn't love you, he's been holding you down since the beginning, like, do you want to be with us, or do you want to be with him, and go do jackass stuff again, which, you know, a shot at Sammy Zayn wrestling the, uh, um, the guy from Jackass, I can't remember his name right now, Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania early in the year, like, it was, like, real, like, he's yelling at Sammy, and then Sammy's just, like, he didn't want to do it, and then, you know, Roman got in Sammy's face and, like, pushed him around a little bit and smacked him across the face a couple of times to, like, fire him up, and then Sammy hit Roman with the chair. Total flashbacks to when Seth turned on the shield and hit Roman with the chair, the same way Roman sold it and fell, um... And then, you know, there was a, a, a stance where everyone stopped, where Jay Uso was just looking at Sammy in shock, like, what did you just do? Because, you know, Jay's, you know, from not trusting Sammy, became so close to Sammy and thought Sammy was like his brother. And then Jimmy super kicks Sammy and starts yelling at Jay, like, I'm your brother. You think he's your brother? Like, I'm your brother. And Jay's, like, conflicted. And uh, shout out to Ryan uh, Bodie from Twitter. Like, he wrote this caption, was like, if you look at Jay's face right after Sammy did that, do you think it was like he was shocked that Sammy did that or he was more shocked like that face defines describes the fact that he 
realize he sandwiched the thing that he didn't have the courage to do himself. Did it look like some? Did Jay look like someone who feels betrayed by his brother, or someone that was like shocked that Sammy actually hit the tribal chief down? We've seen Jay defy Roman Reigns in the past. I mean, this whole feud started with Jay versus Roman when Jay wouldn't fall in line and follow the tribal, the head of the table, and didn't know was, didn't want to join Roman's bloodline. They had the Hell in the Cell match, and Roman would keep beating up Jay, beating up Jay, beating up Jay until he finally joined. Um, and followed him and then Jimmy came back and then Jimmy wasn't gonna join and then Jimmy joined like everyone fell in line But you gotta remember that Jay was always the most defiant one Jay even like a couple of weeks ago He was the one that said I don't even I don't care what the tribal chief says like he had that moment where he broke out In defiance in, in in a rebellious way Jay's always had that so it was Interesting to see that when Jimmy and Solo started beating up Sammy and Roman started beating up Sammy Jay didn't he crept into the corner and was kind of like crying and you also got to remember when roman got up from the chair shot there was even a moment where he was like shocked and like sitting there like shocked that sammy turned on him and like was crying like he trusted him and like just got betrayed and it was just it was so cinematic and just so well done like just watch every like you have to watch it multiple times to see everybody's facial expressions and the reaction of the crowd and then when roman is beating up sammy the fuck you roman chants and I'm like, oh, he's milking this in. Like, he needed this. Like, the bloodline was getting over as baby faces with Sammy and that people were enjoying to see them. They looked forward to seeing But now it's fuck you, Roman, because they turned on Sammy. But it's a situation where Jade probably even realized, like, yo, like, Sammy's with us, but you guys put him in this position to beat up Kevin. Like, he didn't want to do this, but you're making him do something that goes against his values to prove that he's with us, and he didn't want to do it. And Jay walked out, and he left, and it could be for so many different reasons. Like, where does this lead to? Does this lead to us going to WrestleMania? What's Jay versus Jimmy? Because, you know, Jimmy showed that he felt, like, betrayed by his brother. That he was, like, siding with Sammy over the family. Like, I'm your brother. He's not your brother. Or does does this lead to Jay versus Jimmy? Like, they're the current tag team champions. Or do we still go down this road where it ends up being Kevin Owens and Sammy versus Jimmy and Jay? Because I know a lot of people are now on this bandwagon of... Oh, Sammy needs to fight Roman. Sammy needs to be Roman. But if you really look at the story, the story's not about Sammy and Roman. It's about Sammy and the Usos because, you know, his hardest thing about the bloodline was to win over Jay and and be accepted by Jay. So does this come to a situation with Sammy and Owens versus the Usos still? Does Jay fall back in line at some point? Like, we don't know. Like, it's such a good story. It's probably one of the best stories that WWE has told in over 10, 15 years. I don't even know. Like, the last time I remember being so invested in a story from the WWE that went long-term, like, this was the Batista-Triple H angle. Was Macho Man and Hulk Hogan in the 80s. Was Brett and Shawn. Like, this was real. Um, Austin Rock, you know. Um, Undertaker and Kane, that's another really good one. Uh, but, like, this was such such good storytelling. It's such a smart way to go off the air for the Rumble. We don't know what's going to happen next till Friday. I personally think that it shouldn't be Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania night one and then Cody and Roman night two or anything like that. I do think, if you were to ask me, that Sami Zayn will face Roman Reigns in Montreal at the Elimination Chamber in his hometown. He will not win Maybe that's when Jay falls back in line, um, and uh, you know, and that's when we lead to uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy working together against the Usos, and then maybe after WrestleMania you get Sammy and Roman again or something. But I just, uh, I don't, I don't know, because a lot of people want Sammy. Like the thing is, if Sammy faces Roman night one and beats him, then it takes away from Cody's win on night two. If Cody wins on night one. And beats Roman and Sammy face him night two. It takes away from Sammy's one night two. So you like as much as I was about like, whoa, Roman's gonna defend the title on two different nights. I don't think you can do that. I think by WrestleMania it needs to be Roman and Cody and just Roman and Cody. But before we get there, we'll have Sammy and Roman, and somehow the Usos will be facing against Sammy and Kevin Owens. But it sucks because the way that Jay walked out and the way that Jay defended Sammy on Raw thirty and everything. You want to see Jay Uso stay on the good side. You want main event Jay back, but I feel like he's going to fall back in line. Now, that all being said, I want to touch on the Rock thing. Um, Because the, oh, yeah, and it was a beautiful picture seeing Kevin Owens and Sammy laying in the ring, left at the end. The two Canadian brothers, like, go way back. 
because you realize at the end of the day, I don't think the bloodline was using Sammy because there's so many layers to the story. I don't think the bloodline was, was using Sammy. I think they actually did accept Sammy. So I don't think Kevin was right either. But I also don't think Roman was right trying to force Sammy to keep beating up Kevin because that was his bro, his blood brother from way back when. You know, they might not be related by blood, but they've they've blood, sweat, and tears together in this industry since the beginning. So for Roman to continue, and maybe that's how Jay saw Like, yo, you're telling this guy to do something he doesn't want to do, even though he's proved his loyalty to us already. Like, this is on you, man. This isn't on Sammy. This is on you, Roman. And Jay used to have these frustrations with Roman, too. And he never stood up to him in a very long time the way Sammy stood up to him. And maybe he's like, fuck, like, I don't know where I stand. Because Sammy was loyal to the bloodline. But Sammy also wasn't going to... Like, he already... He helped Roman beat Kevin. He would continue helping Roman beat Kevin. But he wasn't going to fuck up Kevin. He wasn't going to fuck up his bro. And, you put, and you know, and Roman tried to make it an us-against-them thing. Like, you're either with me or you're not with me. And, you know, maybe that's how, how Roman feels. But put Sammy in a tough position. And this is why the fans are so with Sammy. Because, like, oh, you don't get it. Like, he was with you guys. And he was rocking with you guys. He did have you guys' back. But you put him in a position which was tough. Now, before I wrap this up, for anyone that was asking overall, I really enjoyed the Rumble. I think it was like a 10 out of 10 pay-per-view. I think both Rumbles were great and fun. Um, the stuff in the middle was forgettable. Um, and the main event, just everything that happened after the match ended was just tremendous. It was brilliant. It was cinema, like, bravo. Like, perfect. That being said, the rock thing. I just want to touch on this and we're going to wrap this up. Anyone that is upset that The Rock did not show up, I've said it for years now, since Roman's been champion for years, I can actually say that, I've said it for months now too, um, you know, every time we talk about The Rock versus Roman in the past two years, I said they don't need the titles involved, so this is my pitch for that, if The Rock was to face Roman Reigns, now The Rock says he might not be ready before, um, He's not going to be ready before WrestleMania. He won't be in, in ring shape. Uh, my 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 booking is this. Roman does lose the belt to Cody at WrestleMania. Roman takes time off. We're used to Roman taking time off. It wouldn't feel weird if Roman takes time off after WrestleMania. Maybe one more match with Sammy. Sammy beats Roman or something. And Roman takes time off. Roman comes back early summer, July or something comes out there to the ring, Roman's big return, you know, comes down there, gets on the mic, and before Roman says anything, because now we don't know, like, are we, are we happy to see Roman? We haven't seen him for a few months. He doesn't have the titles no more. Is he a baby face now? Is he a heel? Like, where do we stand with Roman? Like, he lost the belt. He lost to Sammy. He left. And now he's coming back. And before he can say anything, if you smash what the rock is cooking the rock comes out there fans go crazy roman's confused why he's here the rock starts grilling roman does some funny jokes talks about how he lost the belt how he let the family down he's been going around calling himself to head the table yada 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 and before roman can talk about going out to the titles again or anything else the rock and roman challenge each other to a match at SummerSlam. no titles involved who's the real head of the table the Rock versus Roman, SummerSlam, you book it there. That's where it happens. That's how I think it happens. And I think that's just the best way to go about it. If you guys really want it, it gives Rock time to get in ring shape. If you guys still want The Rock to come back, and it will give us that head of the table match. There's no titles involved. It doesn't make it too predictable because the title's on the line. Rock could potentially win. What if The Rock won at SummerSlam? And then it goes to WrestleMania, Rock, Roman too, And Roman finally wins, right? A little bit longer, right? Because Roman's not going to be full-time after WrestleMania. He's already said that. He's going to be part-time. So if Rock, Roman happens on SummerSlam, then after SummerSlam, Roman takes a bunch more time off. It's not too depressing. It's not too surprising. Um, I should say not depressing. It depends if you're a Roman fan or not. But food for thought. Think of that for Rock booking versus Roman Reigns. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Rock, Roman, SummerSlam. Um, and then Rock, Roman 2, maybe, if Rock was to win at SummerSlam. If there's no titles involved, it's more believable keep that in mind i hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the twc show hope you guys enjoyed my royal rumble recap 
and uh, I'm looking forward to this Friday. I'm looking forward to Dynamite. We didn't really talk any AEW today, but um, after this week's Dynamite, I think well, there'll be more AEW to talk about, so we'll get to that next week. And I uh, hope you all keep doing the thing. Embrace the madness, and uh, see you all next time. Keep doing the thing. Thank you.